Um, I wanted to come up here and introduce our speaker this morning. Um, we've been trying to get him up here for a little while, and he keeps bailing out and backing out. It's what I heard, and I don't know if that's the way to tell it or not. He may touch on that a little bit. Um, but uh, Kevin's out and, and thought it would be a good time to uh, give him an opportunity. So, Chris, if you'd be making your way on up here, Brother Chris Purcell is going to bring our message this morning. Um He's been a, a, a really good friend and a, and a good neighbor, but he ain't a good neighbor no more. So um, I've been kind of grieving over the process. It ain't because he ain't good no more. It's because he ain't a neighbor no more. Um, he moved out. So, Sean, if you want to X him, you can. He's gone. Um, he's out. So um, it's just a neighborhood thing, and he ain't in it no more, right? So anyway, here's Brother Chris. Everybody hear me? Yeah, as Nick was saying, I've been trying to get up here for a while. Kevin keeps telling me that I'm just scared to get up here. I was so scared that I had my family get corona tests done about three weeks ago to get out of it. <laughs> I, I'm not scared to be up here. It is, uh, it is a weighty feeling to stand up here. I've, I've taught, many of y'all know, you've probably been in classes that I've taught before. And uh, I'd got kind of comfortable with teaching. There still is a, a weightiness to teaching. You're teaching, people's, teaching people God's Word. And so it's not the easiest thing in the world to do. I have to say that right now I feel the pressure. But I also know that um, God has given me this opportunity for a reason. And uh, I just want to thank Brother Nick and Brother Kevin uh, for giving me this opportunity. If you will be turning to the book of Romans, chapter 14. We'll be looking at verses 13 through 19. You can kind of stay seated for the moment. Kevin's been preaching over uh, in the book of Philippians for the past few weeks on how the Christian walk we are to live, for us to live is Christ and how to count others more significant than ourselves. So I wanted to stay true to that. I didn't want to carry on in Philippians because I know that's Kevin's book right now and I don't want to destroy his series. But I wanted to kind of spin off of that and, and look at unity in the church. The Bible is not, does not give us detailed instructions for every single thing that we will encounter in our Christian walk. A lot of times it's often vague. But we see in these verses that we're going to read and some other verses that we're going to touch on in 1 Corinthians that they did go into detailed questions for their culture. It just doesn't always apply to us in that same way right now. But we're going to dig in a little deeper. If you will, let's stand for the reading of God's Word. Romans chapter 14, verses 13. Paul says, Therefore, let us not pass judgment on one another any longer, but rather decide never to put a stumbling block or hindrance in the way of a brother. I know and am persuaded in the Lord Jesus that nothing is unclean in itself, but it is unclean for anyone who thinks it is unclean. For if your brother is grieved by what you eat, you are no longer walking in love. By what you eat, 
Do not destroy the one for whom Christ died. So do not let what you regard as, as good be spoken of as evil. For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. Whoever thus serves Christ is acceptable, acceptable to God and approved by men. So then let us pursue what makes, makes for peace and, mutual, and for mutual upbuilding. You can be seated. As you're seated, I'm going to go to the Lord in prayer. <clears throat> Father God, <clears throat> we're so thankful, Lord, that you want to have a relationship with us, that the Creator of all wants to have a relationship with us. Lord, it's overwhelming to know that we have your attention right now as we go to you in prayer. Lord, we thank you for, for leaving us your word, for our instruction. Lord, to know more about who you are. Lord, I pray today as, as we open these scriptures, Lord, that we would see you clear, clearer than we ever have. Lord, that we would receive some kind of instruction. Lord, to see some, some place in our life that needs to be changed. Lord, and, and that we would repent from that. And Lord, we would grow in our faith and closer to you. Father, I pray as uh, I open my mouth, Lord, that you would set me to the side. Lord, they would only be your, your words. Lord, I just pray for strength right now. Father, I thank you for your grace and your mercy. In Jesus' name, amen. Like I said, the Bible does not give us detailed instructions on every instance and situation or dilemma in the Christian life. We are probably faced with more um, dilemmas and situations than what the Bible actually goes into detail, probably more times than, than less. Um, we know that in our Christian walk that God... God's people have been set free from the Old Testament law. In these verses, Paul is talking about things that are unclean, about eating meat, about causing your brother to stumble. So what we want to dig into is why would that cause somebody to stumble if we're not under this law, under this, these rituals anymore? Why would that make a difference? We have liberty now. We're free from everything. Matthew 5.17, Christ tells us that He fulfills the law on our behalf. We don't, have to, we don't have to be that way. We don't have to uphold that law anymore. It's been fulfilled on our behalf. So what Paul is getting at here is not so much the problem of eating meat causing a bro brother to stumble, it's more or less being sensitive to what your brother might feel as something that he's guilty of doing. So we're going to look a little deeper into this. This is not, um, this is not just a, a modern church problem of causing a brother to stumble. This is all the way back. But 
Paul talks about the specifics of meat, and our specifics that we're going to look at are just a little bit different. The problem that Paul is dealing with here is the unity of strong and weak believers. By strong, I mean those who have grown in faith and knowledge, not just those who have served in a church or been on a church membership for 25 years, those who have grown. And by weak, I mean those who have not grown, might be early in the faith, or they just might not have grown over that period of time. So he carries the same thought through these verses, and then we're going to look at 1 Corinthians where he carries the same thought as well. But in verse, <clears throat> verse 13, he says, Therefore, let us not pass judgment. This is a negative here. Don't pass judgment on one another any longer. But a positive, rather decide never to put a stumbling block or a hindrance in the way of a brother. 1 Corinthians 8, 7 through 13. Flip there if you don't mind. It says, however, not all possess this knowledge. The knowledge he is talking about is back in verse 4. Therefore, as to eating of food offered to idols, we know that an idol has no real existence and that there is only, there is no God but one. So not all possess this knowledge, but some through former association with idols eat food as really offered to an idol and their conscience being weak is defiled. Food will not commend us to God. We are no worse off if we do not eat and no better off if we do. It doesn't matter to God either way if we eat the food or don't eat the food. For if anyone sees... Wait, sorry. But take care of this right of your... Yours does not somehow become a stumbling block to the weak. For if anyone sees you have the knowledge eating in an idol's temple, will he not be encouraged if his conscience is weak to eat food offered to idols? And so by your knowledge, this weak person, person is destroyed. The brother for whom Christ died is destroyed. Thus sinning against your brothers and wounding their conscience when it is weak, you sin against Christ. Therefore, if food makes my brother stumble, I will never eat meat again, lest I make my brother stumble. Christ expounds on this in Luke chapter 17, verse 2. He said it would be better for him to have a millstone hung around his neck and thrown into the sea than to cause one of these little ones to stumble. Little ones is not just mean kids. This is people young in their faith. He's talking about making your brother stumble. Now, we know I go to Walmart and buy meat. I don't know where that cow has came from. That does not affect me right now. I know I am not under this law. I did not come out of some legalistic 
belief that says that I cannot eat meat from a certain place. But I also, or I do know that I still have a responsibility not to cause my brother to stumble. Now there's not too many instances you're going to find these days where meat could cause somebody to stumble, at least not looking around this church. I don't see anybody coming out of a Jewish legalistic system. Seven-day Adventists. You could have a, uh, somebody come into our church from there who is a convert. They don't eat pork. So what do we do? Do we tell them to eat pork and move on? Or are we sensitive to that, knowing that we could cause them to stumble? Of course you're sensitive to it. The problem that we sometimes have, <clears throat> and this is what we're going to dig into, is we realize we have a freedom. And instead of withholding or sacrificing a little bit of freedom, we exercise it not thinking about who we could damage when we're doing it. Not all things that are permitted in Scripture are the right things to always do. I mean, you think about it. Things in themselves, he said, are not unclean. So, alcohol in itself is not unclean. It's not evil. Alcohol by itself, the thing alcohol, is not evil. Food is not evil. How you use them could be evil. But alcohol in itself and food in itself, even go further, clothing in itself is not evil. But how you use it can be evil. Can cause your brother to stumble. So Paul says, if meat causes my brother, <clears throat> brother to stumble, I just won't eat it. One of my favorite pastors to follow is not Nick all the time. I like Nick. But John MacArthur has probably been that rock-solid guy. When I, when I come to the, the end of what I think God is saying in a verse, I go to him. I guess he's kind of like my spiritual grandfather that I go to every time. And he says the reason he decides to never drink a drop of alcohol is not because he thinks the alcohol is evil. He just never knows what company he's going to be in when he drinks it. If you think about it, if I knew you had a gambling problem, I wouldn't take you to a horse race. I probably wouldn't take you to do missionary work in Tunica because I know your weakness. And I know that you know that you're free in Christ and you've been forgiven of your sin, but I'm not going to bring that back to the surface. Just because something is not wrong in Scripture does not mean that your guilty, your guilty conscience won't bear you witness that <clears throat> I don't need to be involved in this. Because how easy... Would it be for somebody to slide right back into the same spot they came from? It goes deeper as Kevin has preached about counting others more significant than yourself. So if we just want to exercise our freedom just so we can exercise it, then we're not thinking about everybody who is around us when we're doing it. 
Food sacrifices in this time, we'll keep looking at this, were very, very common. It says that in a pagan idol worship, usually the animal was taken and cut into thirds. A third of it would be placed on the altar to be burnt, and two-thirds of it would be uh, divided amongst the priests and the uh, temple, temple officers. But this wasn't just a cow-a-day type deal. This was a lot that was offered. They had a lot of, of uh, so-called gods that they sacrificed to, and they wanted to keep them uh, pleased with them, so there was a lot of meat left over. So in an idol worship dominated uh, culture, you're going to have a ton of meat left over and this, this meat would be taken to the marketplace. So even as a Christian, you're still, there's, there's no way that you're going to go everywhere and not come in contact with this meat offered to idols. It would be like us, like I said before, trying to avoid some big box store meat showing up at a birthday party. Let's say I'm not going to church family get together. This is some of my family that I have a relationship with and they're not Christians at all. I don't know what we're eating there. So I could be freaking out. What am I, I going to eat? If there's a possibility of me getting a hold of something that's going to lead me back down that same road that I just came from then I just choose to abstain from it. So what Paul is talking about here is if I know that Nick has a problem that he came out of with eating hamburger meat, we're not going to go hang out at Burger King. I'm not going to invite him somewhere that I know he's going to struggle with because even though I can tell him all day long, you're free of that, you're free of that. He's still new in the faith. I can cause him to stumble. Mature believers could eat with a clear conscience, but those young in the faith straight out of this pagan worshiping culture might be greatly troubled and upset their spiritual growth. Who wants to have that on their conscience? If we're to love one another, why in the world would I want to cause you to stumble? Those things in themselves, like we said, meat, drink, they're not evil in themselves. It's what we do with them. Now, now, don't get it twisted. Sin is sin, no doubt. Wrong is still wrong. I said alcohol is not evil in itself, but to be a drunkard is a sin. It's all in the way things that are used. Um, somebody could say, well, I, ha I have a glass of wine at my house. It's in the comfort of my own house. I'm not a drunkard. Well, you're not causing a brother to stumble that way. I'm not going to get on the fact of knocking what's right and what's wrong because you could sit here and argue about it all day long. But I can tell you, watching pornography in the comfort of your own home is a sin. You're not free to just sin. That's not what he's talking about here. It's about the things that are acceptable. So what I, I want to kind of focus in on is if we know our freedom but just because it's permitted does not always mean it's the right thing to do idols aren't real 
I can eat that. But if it causes my weaker brother to stumble, I just sinned against Christ. He says in verse 14, I know and I'm persuaded, back in Romans, in the Lord Jesus that nothing is unclean in itself, but it is unclean for anyone who thinks it's unclean. For if your brother is grieved by what you eat, you are no longer walking in love. If your brother is grieved by what you eat, you are no longer walking in love. Drinks aren't evil. I can drink that. But if my brother in Christ is a recovering alcoholic, I can cause him to stumble. I've just sinned against Christ. Here's another one. Clothes aren't evil. I can wear that. But if I have a brother who has a past lust issues, past pornography issues, and I cause him to stumble, I've just sinned against Christ. So we can look at this all day long and say, well, this is easy. I just don't eat meat. But he's not just talking about meat here. It all goes back to a heart condition. If you would ask yourself, with everything you do, because remember the Bible tells us, whether you eat, whether you drink, and all things due to the glory of God, ask yourself, what is your motive? Facebook is a huge platform it can be used in good ways. It can be used in bad ways. Why in the world would I post something that could cause my brother to stumble? It, it's not only something that's just unbiblical. But where it becomes a problem is, is a post just fuels a fire for other people to join in and everybody is watching. I think I've thinned my friends list down and I'm still at four or five hundred, but I know people that I'm friends with, they got like seven or eight thousand people. And if we're gonna call ourselves Christians, we don't wanna we don't wanna cause our brother to stumble. That Facebook can be deleted. A lot of people live on there, and more times than none, even if you delete it, somebody has seen it. What is your motive behind the things that we do? What is my motive before I get dressed in the morning? Do I pick this? Do I pick this? Do I just throw this out? Is my motive behind, do I need to drink this at all? Is it a good idea? I mean, think about it. The one thing that God started dealing with me here is I've never had a problem with alcohol. But I don't know who has. I could probably drink a glass of wine and be completely fine. But like MacArthur says, who's watching? Who's watching Facebook? Is my brother watching Facebook? Is my sister watching Facebook? Everybody's saying it. And it's not just a Facebook problem. I know on Facebook a lot of people 
will try to pretend that their life is better than what it is. You see it a lot. But I also know that a lot of people just try to air out a lot of things that's on their mind because it's easier to type it than it is to say it to a crowd. But how many things have we thrown out there that has caused our brother to stumble? Well, the, my stronger brother posted it, so it's, it's okay. I can, I can join in too. How many people, if, if everybody who has left this church has left the faith, if we knew the damage we had done a lot of the times and not even realized it, would probably blow our mind. And Paul is telling us to abstain from this. Think about what you're doing before you open your mouth, before you eat, before you drink, before you post. So my message is not real long today. <clears throat> Honestly, didn't practice it in front of the mirror, so I didn't know how long it was going to be. But I know it's a message to everyone to stop and think about what we do as Christians and if we're doing things out of love or if we're doing it just to exercise our freedoms. Keep a sacrificial attitude when exercising your liberty in Christ. It's okay to give some things up. I'm not telling you to write the list because you'll be right back to legalism like they were before. Don't do this, don't do this, don't do this. Think in your mind, why do I not need to do this? Why do I not need to do this? Freedom doesn't mean we need to explore it to the fullest. And instead, we should restrain ourselves for the love of others who we might benefit with our actions. Dale, if you want to come back up here, head back up here. We'll have a time of invitation. Just exam examine yourself right now and think, is there ways that I could be falling short here? This has hit me like a ton of rocks, so I know I can't be the only one. Have I been thinking about myself more than I've been thinking about my brother or my sister? Have I made it more about me than I have about them? Have I just been downright disobedient? Like Kevin preached last week, try being obedient. We listen. We listen to these things every Sunday, and I'm guilty as everybody else who thinks they're guilty hearing it and walking right out of here and not listening to a word of it. Coming here and get convicted and walk back out is probably the happiest day of Satan's life. He would love nothing more for you to come in here, cry your eyes out, walk back out and not change anything in your life. This is an opportunity to change. <clears throat>